This is Unheard Voices, the podcast that gives unsung heroes a platform to share their stories. As we go through the experience shared by guests in this podcast, I will provide you with the right tools and guidance to help you achieve your goals. excited to have Kemi Joseph joining me as a guest on my show woo, woo. and also I'm going to let you into a little secret this guy of ours his birthday is tomorrow his 33rd birthday so I am so honored to be celebrating his life right now right here on this podcast so I'm going to give you a little bit of a background with Kemi he is the co-founder of Fears Advantage Kemi helps business leaders harness their fears to generate infinite wealth in life and in business, regardless of the market adversity, while avoiding prejudice pitfalls and leveraging their privilege to serve diverse communities. Most people see Kemi's bright smile, but wouldn't imagine the hardships behind it. You know, he was raised in Miami, Florida, as a first-generation Haitian American, and he lived in a single-parent household with nine siblings, I can relate to that, where poverty, violence, and racial inequity traumatized him at a very early age. Growing up, he was socialized as a sexist, a racist, a homophobe, a bigot, a bully, and criminal. Can you believe that going from there to where he is now? My goodness, I'm so excited. One of his life-changing moments came on his 13th birthday when his dad was hit by a drunk driver and later passed away. This event combined with a series of unfortunate events became the catalyst for change. And now we're gonna hear more about Kemi's journey just in one moment. Let me just finish off all the other bits. As an adult, he made the extraordinary effort to re-socialize himself into what he calls it, a human being. He was always a human being, but this is what he kind of like encapsulated it as. But he's healthy. He's an educated black guy who respects women. He celebrates diversity and he represents the journey where showing where healing is absolutely possible. And when we use negative emotions for positive change and learn the skills we need to treat others equitably, he shows you and he supports equal rights and human rights of all people, no matter what their background. So Kemi dreams of creating a world where we rise above segregation. I love that word, rise. Hatred and violence to heal our past traumas and ensure the safety of all human beings. In service to that vision, he works with hundreds of leaders in business and education. In addition to many Nobel Peace Prize winners, 
that's amazing achievement. And he inspires global justice initiatives. You know, what an amazing guy. So without further ado, I mean, I am in awe of you, Kemi. Wow, you are such an inspiration. You are the epitome of not just surviving, but thriving. And if I was to describe you as a warrior, that word is just not enough to describe your ability to lead, to harness adversity, to turn it around and throw it into a wealth of compassion from a place of total and utter abundance. Welcome, Kemi, to my show. So happy to have you here. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, if we just ended right now, I'd be like, wow, that's amazing. I just have you come <laughs> and introduce me everywhere. That's incredible. <laughs> Thank you so much. That What an honor, but also an honor to hear you reflect that back into yeah. and just, wow. Thank you so much. Oh, you're amazing. And, you know, what I'm really interested about, Kemi, is that obviously this is our inspirational series of podcasts that we're doing. And I'm so keen to hear, you know, where was that big moment for you? Where did it all start? You know, I know it started to go wrong, but where was that moment that was that change that you went through that change and pivoted you to to redirect your life? When, when did that happen and how? And when it's yeah. interesting, too, because because when I share the story about my dad passing away, people look at that as the big moment. I see that as one big moment. And mm -hmm. I just, I, you know, as we talk about pivots, for example, in 2020, there's so many moments that we have to continue to pivot. I, I really have been reflecting on my life and seeing those moments, including today. I had another one where I'm waking up and I'm just, you know, kind of struggling to process a lot of things. As I said, this is uh, this is actually the 20 year anniversary of my dad passing away as well. Oh. And so, you know, I've been in a funk since, since, you know, as it's approaching my birthday yeah. and for me, even as I look at a big moment this morning, as I'm walking around and I eventually had this thought of saying, why am I waiting for certain conditions for me to be happy? Yeah. Like life is unconditionally trying to support me. Sure. And, and even hearing that in my head this morning was like, well, that's a big moment to pivot myself yeah. to say, I am not going to, I don't have to wait for conditions to be yeah. right for me to enjoy my life. Like I can enjoy my life with the yeah. current conditions and move it forward. And, you know, I start by saying that to say that there's a lot of those small moments on a regular basis that won't end up in a bio that won't end up yeah. on, on screen somewhere that, that are part of this whole process as well. And it, you know, the, the, the journey with my dad passing away, you know, since the accident happened on my 13th birthday, that was one of the most pivotal moments where I realized that the world wasn't about me. And yeah. It's a very weird thing to say. I mean, I think as teenagers, we can get consumed. I mean, even as adults, we get consumed in our lives. And I just remember waking up that morning, just so excited for my birthday. All yeah. I wanted was to, oh. to have the cake and the party and yeah, the celebration, yeah. like the days about me. And this is, you know, as a teenager becoming a man, like at 13, it was like, you know, puffing up my chest, trying to deepen my yeah. voice, right? Trying to feel like, <laughs> feel like this is the, this is it. This is all about me. Yeah. And it, uh, and, and when the accident happened, you know, we found out about 6 a.m. that there was a head-on collision with a drunk wow. driver. And, you know, we're seeing the news and it's just a heartbreak of, of processing all of that. And in the back of my mind is thinking like, oh, what about my birthday? What about my day? And and there was a lot of shame and guilt attached to those to those thoughts as a teenager. And it wasn't until many years later that I realized like that was me struggling with this idea that the world is not about me. That that yeah, I have my own preferences and my yeah. own and my own things that I want in my life. But there's a whole bunch of life happening yeah. around me, and that was a literal collision course with my sense of identity as well as with my my sense of where my direction yeah. and and so i would i would consider that 
that collision of, of identity and direction being a moment where I had to start making new choices. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, that's just unbelievable. And, you know, when you start to look back and, you, you know, you described yourself as a bigot, as a racist, as a sexist, you know, all of those, I'm guessing, came were symptomatic of what you'd experienced yourself and what was done to you. Um, oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of people say, oh, you know, we can look back at life and it was, done, it, you know, if we've got to look at it as done for us, not to us. But when you're actually going through it, you're like, what do you mean it's been done for me? For me. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. ask, I didn't yeah. ask for that. And I, I you know, and that's a, that's a sentiment that I've been uh, grappling with as well as, as embracing more and more. And that's kind of where this morning came, This the thought this morning yeah. is like, well, if life is working for me, Am I working for life, right? Am I actually showing up and saying, okay, I can, I can either be frustrated with not understanding why this is happening, yeah. or I can say this is also working for me. And that, again, that 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 for sure took me twenty years to grasp that because yeah. right after my dad passed away, it was just like deep into anger. It was yeah. there was no seeing the brighter side. It was just pain and anger mm. and frustration. I already had a lot of that beforehand. You know, I talk about being socialized. Um, you know, they're growing up and, and we were like very low middle class. Like I could say that my mom and dad always like made sure we had food and we had think we had housing yeah. and we had those basic pieces of growing up in a time where, um, or growing up in a country where there's so much that we didn't have, it still felt like it was poor, like sure. the mentality of being poor. And so, you know, I learned pretty quickly that if I wanted to get something, no one else was going to give it to me that I had to go and take it or that yeah. that was one version. So then when I talk about being socialized as a criminal yeah. you know, being around people, it wasn't like my parents did not like acknowledge that at all. And I mean, I constantly got in trouble for doing those <laughs> things, but it's like, it was just the idea that I, I saw, oh, if I want this, I can have that right uh, now. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and, and then in regards to the other ways I was being socialized, you know, about being a bully. I don't know how many parents would even understand this, but it, I was constantly getting in trouble in school for picking on other kids and, and, and getting physical, basically. Mm. And what was interesting is I realized years later is that at home we were being, I'm going to put in quotes for those who can't see, like spanked, yeah. right? let's call it spanking, right? So that's what yeah. we were. But for yeah. me, when, you know, when I look back as an educator now, I think, well, what my parents were teaching me in that moment was if somebody wasn't doing what I wanted them to do, I had to yeah. be physical with them in order to correct their behavior. So then when sure. I went to school, the same things wow. applied. Hey, you're not doing yeah. what I want to do. I yeah. have to correct your behavior yes. by getting physical. And so, yeah. you know, the cycle would continue on where I would be getting in trouble and then being punished in, in a mm. physical manner. And then they would be like, why are you still so aggressive? I'm like, wait, you're teaching me exactly yes. how I'm supposed to respond in the world. So yeah. this this idea of being socialized in so many ways as a young person, mm. uh, it, it, it certainly, again, all came to a head when I was 13 and then essentially became like the man of the house. Sure. Because my oldest brother was in the army. Yeah. And even though I didn't necessarily understand the full weight of the responsibility, things certainly mm -hmm. needed to change because I couldn't, sure. I could no longer, um, I could no longer keep causing my mom, especially so much heartache and, and stress like if I I was getting suspended constantly and so she would have yeah. to leave work get on several buses to come and pick me up and yeah it was just a thing where I started to see that one 
life wasn't about me too. I was making things harder for the people around me who are still, who yeah. are also dealing with the same loss that I was dealing with. And, yeah. and, and the, the support of people who, when talking about this idea of being, you know, unconditional, there were so many people who still like kept looking out for me, like just kept giving me additional chances that when I look back, I'm like, how, you know, like how, like there's things that I did to them that um, just break my heart that I was even capable of doing those things. And some people, like yeah. my teachers and counselors like really showed up for me and, 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 and really gave me an opportunity to see that I could do something different. I could yeah. use this pain to do something more positive and productive. Amazing. Because that now it's really interesting because when you go through that level of, um, uh, you know, difficulty on challenges in your life, you can go one or two ways. You either carry that on or you, there's something that stops you saying, no, no, that wasn't the right way. Let's set a new benchmark. Let's show you a different way of doing things. And that is a position of some ways, you know, looking through all the adversity and the tragedy that you went through, that was kind of a blessing that was meant to happen. It was meant to say, you know, hey, Kemet, we need to grab you here by the arms and the shoulders and everything else and, and, and bring you into a place of loving and a place of respect and a place of, you know, joy and a place of listening to others and, and finding different ways to control and influence, you know, and, oh, and I can totally relate to that because, I mean, you know, I was brought up and, um, you know, beating up was the way, method of control, locking up in a cellar for 12 hours with no food or water, you know, as a nine-year-old, it was very difficult. But as you start to grow up and you start to be exposed to more things in life, more things in society, you're then in a position to actually choose which way you want to go. And I'm so in awe of you that you chose the path of now it's completely different. Everything, people are equal. You know, you fight for people's rights and the, the impact and the inroads that you're making and I'm so excited to start sharing your journey of where that's that's taking us today is what an amazing, amazing journey to have. And that's what we're all about. This is what we need to celebrate. And, yeah, and your words I love, you know, when I and, and guys, you need to connect with Kemi on his lives every week. You need to be part of his movement because this guy, honestly, if I cast my mind back to the early days, sort of only a few months ago. I came across Kemi and I followed him like no tomorrow because I find him so inspiring. Everybody he touches, everybody he speaks to, you know, he leaves that lasting impression and that impact. So so that's one of the reasons why I'm quietly so excited to have Kemi share this time with me. I, I feel truly blessed. So, yeah. so taking you now on that journey, so you made that decision, you were going to totally change and change your approach from, you know, being a, uh, the words as you use them and I, and I hate to use them but you know the words no, I think I think it's important that we use them because then yeah. it's like I think especially in this time and as we kind of catch up to the the work I'm doing now I think it was important for me to acknowledge yeah. you know that I, that I had all those traits and you know something that you were mentioning uh, when we have those pivotal moments one thing I've been realizing is that the people the community we're around makes a huge huge difference for oh, what yeah. we do in those moments yeah. right so you know when I had all that pain 
And I started to look around and realize that there are people who love me and like actually wanted me to do differently. They hadn't given yeah. up on me. These people who were trying to show me a different path. And so I wish I could say, hey, like after this accident, <laughs> I was great. And I mean, no, no, no. I still kept getting in lots of trouble. Yeah. But it's like people, like every every one of those moments, people would still show up for me. And then, and more importantly, uh, I started to see that the, um, the positive behaviors could be rewarded as well. Like yeah. that people would recognize me for that, that I, I was still, you know, kind of holding it together. I think that there's a, a very, um, I was with someone yesterday and they were going through a lot of difficulties. And I just said, thank you for holding it together. Man. There's always a choice that like there, you know, I've been, I've, I've, I've faced depression ever since then, right? That there's, yeah. there's still a difficulty in the, and it looms in the back of my mind. So there were, even as a kid, I remember actually getting in trouble for telling my parents that I was suicidal or at least mentioning it at school. Yeah. And then, you know, the way to handle mental health back then was like, no, you're going to get in trouble if you say that again. It's like, wait, that yeah. doesn't make sense. Right. So the, yeah. the idea of, of, of having that and still being in the back of my mind, I, I know that the fact that people wake up every day and get yeah. back at it is a choice. And so to, to thank people for that choice and to, to have, people you know thanking me to that I was not only making the choice to stay alive but doing something better with my life and then mm -hmm. seeing that they were being examples of that like again yeah. uh, when we have a, a crisis moment the community that we're a part of makes a huge difference in the direction we go which is yeah. part of the reason that we've been working so hard lately to create communities that can that can mm -hmm. give people a chance to redeem like I think that was why yeah. I believe in redemption so much it's like people have given me opportunities to not only redeem but to restore relationships and to um to really make a more positive difference yeah 100 100 percent. i love it i love it and and so you then you taking you back to the age of 13 and then you you went through another quite intense journey of development didn't you so you know tell us a little bit about that kind of journey you know the academia and then transferring oh, yeah. <laughs> all of that i mean you you got a sponsorship that's totally unheard of. Yeah, yeah. Tell so us one, about that. What an achievement. <laughs> what? A, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting reflecting on that too. So um, yeah. during that whole time of school, I was also what they called emotionally handicapped course, like basically being in an alternative school. Yeah. And so it took me a while to get back into what this called mainstream. So yeah. which is like I'm back in regular classes. I'm kind of, I'm not, they basically don't see me as a threat anymore, which yeah, is yeah. nuts, right? To think about me being <laughs> a threat, right? They don't see me as a threat anymore. No. And so that, the, by the time I got back into mainstream classes, which took me about five years. So from eighth grade, um, from, wow. yeah, from about, yeah. sorry, actually from, from fourth grade to about um, ninth grade or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so by the time I, I finally got there, um, and I realized what's interesting you talking about those choices. I realized that um, in school, the greatest currency is academics. Yeah. It's like, it's like just get good grades and I could, I could have so much more. Like I could have a better time. So I literally went from getting D's and F's trying to be the oh, yeah. cool guy playing football. I was like, all right. So I kind of like that didn't work. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I can do something different. And so I like, you know, did a 360, started running cross country instead of football, which is a totally different. We can have stories about that. But yeah. because I started improving my grades with the support of my teachers and family, eventually, I by the time I became a, a high school senior, I was already like, like number 11 in my class of about 400 students. So I kind of wow. literally went from the bottom to like just scraping. The, like wow. I, I, didn't even, I didn't make it to the top 10, but I was yeah. like right there. I was wow. like, hey, like this, that was huge for me to come yeah. from 
because the kids who were in the top 10, they never had an F4D. So yeah. I was like, I was one of the few who was there and, and I had to work really hard to get up there. And so I got the attention of one of my mentors. I always want to give her a shout out whenever I tell the story, Miss yeah. Malcolm, Miss Malcolm, Miss Malcolm. She was oh, such a, a pivotal okay. person because yeah. she she had to chase me down three times, right? I'm not like, it's when I talk about choices, right? I didn't, I wasn't, I yeah. still wasn't making like really good ones. I, I was just doing good enough to get, you know, people's attention. Yeah. And so she said, she checked me down three times. The third time she's like, you come to my office right now. I want to help you go to college. And yeah. it, it seems so foreign by then because yeah, two of my sisters, like when I say I have nine siblings, both my parents had a third and fourth grade level education. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the idea of even going to college was always like they were pushing us to go to college and to go, but there was no pathway there. So we yeah. just, it was a huge idea, but no actual roadmap. Mm -hmm. And so Ms. Malcolm basically said, hey, I'll give you the roadmap. Like you just have to come here and work with me. Yeah. And and I had not had anybody do that kind of intensive work with me before, yeah. but she, the what was beautiful is in the first couple of um, uh, scholarships I applied for, I totally got rejected, like it, in, the, in the sense of just, you know, they had a pool of maybe 20,000 people, they only chose 200. So it's like, right. there's yeah. a lot of rejection in that. Yeah. I remember that crushed me in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And she was there to be my backbone and to be yeah. my, my lifeline and say, this is part of the process. So we're mm -hmm. gonna go through the rejection and go through the yeah. defeat. We gotta keep reapplying. And yeah. what was interesting is she is the one who also helped me to change the way I was telling my story. Mm -hmm. I wasn't telling my, I began telling my story, like kind of like a, a poor black kid, like begging for money. And she's like, yeah. eventually, and she didn't say these words, but eventually the journey became, no, I'm somebody who has a passion for making a difference and invest in me. Like you giving me this yeah. scholarship will be an investment in me and I'm going to give back. Like there's no yeah. question about that. <laughs> and so that kind of philosophy both changed the way that I operated in the world, but also changed in the scholarships and how they operated. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about being sponsored, I received over $300,000 in scholarships, which allowed me to do a bachelor wow. and two master's degrees in private wow. schools in Florida with yeah. zero student wow. loans, like zero yeah. student debt. So it was like, that was a catapult. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a catapult. It was like, holy <laughs> crap. I could... <laughs> Like that was, you know, I knew people believed in me before, but that was yeah. like literally put, people putting their money where their mouth is. It was yeah. like, wait, I can't even believe that, that, wow. and that, that was it, that, that kind of locked in my path for sure. Oh, that is just unbelievable. I mean, to, to secure that, I mean, you're, you're, you're a fine example of how persistence always pays off. Believe in what you're doing and just keep going for it. You never know when the doors are going to open again. And, and they didn't just open, the floodgates opened. <laughs> <laughs> the floodgates opened, I mean, the opportunities. It was, it was and in, in, that whole time she yeah. was planting the seed of, of, of doing great things in the world. Like, so she's someone that I, I certainly uh, credit the, um, the, the big vision that I have of making yeah. a difference and then just her opening what I even thought was possible. And so that, you know, yeah. again, I'll give a shout out. Thank you, Miss Malcolm, right? Like, and I would say to anybody <laughs> out there, think, yes. think those Thank mentors who believe, yeah. <laughs> think those mentors who believed in us, like greater yeah. than we, than we believed in ourselves. And, and if, you know, that was, um, that was my beginning of, of having such a big heart for people beyond myself. Like I told you, like yeah. the, the story of my dad taught me that 
life wasn't just about me and then yeah. it, I didn't but I didn't have I didn't really have much to do with that information I was like okay <laughs> like oh, thanks yeah. life thanks for for humbling me I guess and then yeah. by the time I became a high school senior with this and with people investing in me I finally said okay I, I I knew what else was possible and then yeah. you know stumbling across groups like random acts of kindness at the University of Miami is what started giving me a pathway to do something yeah, sure. about it and that that was huge to say I could actually improve people's lives by small acts of kindness small acts yeah, of, sure. of, of, of of persistent acts of kindness i should say yeah, right continuing right. to to forge the path and say that yeah. we can break cycles of negativity and so yeah thank I'm you for amazing. giving me a chance to reflect oh on all that. that's amazing that is just so amazing and I, I congratulate you for going through what you've gone through and coming out the other end and to have the achievements that you've had is just unbelievable and i hope that your story inspires so many people and now what i'd like to do is kind of fast track a little bit forward now you've got this amazing amazing uh movement set up this mission you mm -hmm. know called fears advantage tell us all about that what is fears advantage and when did you when did you decide to go down that road yeah i mean it's still a continuation of the journey we've been talking about for yeah. sure you know there was this idea is so fears advantage fears is an acronym for fuel extraordinary actions relationships and systems and so this is what we've been using i'll say it again the fuel extraordinary actions relationships and systems and so it's interesting when i think about when that began it began back then it began yeah. with this idea that before my my uh, intense emotions were fueling pain and more frustration and anger I was yeah. not fueling extraordinary relationships or extraordinary actions. I definitely was yeah. not putting systems in my life to help and support me. And what's interesting is, you know, back then I was labeled emotionally handicapped and somebody recently called me an empath. I was oh. like, wait a minute. It's the same thing of having yeah. high emotional, having high empathy, yeah. having, having this sense of, of really caring and being hurt. But yeah. the difference is how I use that information, how I use those emotions. So for me, when I, when I encapsulate the past of my life, I'm like, this is exactly what I would want to help people do more so yeah. now by using their fears to their advantage instead of instead of trying to overcome those emotions or overcome our fears. Like that's not yeah, even yeah. possible in our opinion. You can overcome yeah. obstacles and challenges, but we have to use our fears. They're inside of us for a reason. We actually can use them to our advantage. And since I started doing that in my own life, like when you talk, when you start to recap my journey, yeah. it's like I can tell the difference. Yeah. I can tell what has even been possible because I started doing that. So this is Fears Advantage has been, you know, decades in the working. It became yeah. formalized more this year as uh, as COVID rocked yeah. our world and, and, and yeah. introduced even more fears that we yes. hadn't even yeah. been preparing for. Yeah. Right. It's a, yeah. I heard somebody said that at one point we, um, you know, we're kind of scared of the things we think will happen. But yeah. we should be more afraid of things we have no idea of what happened. Absolutely. And this idea like COVID blindsided all of us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, is that um, you know, you look at your certifications, kind of like master's leadership, which is great. I mean, that it, all that to, in my mind, it's celebrating or showing, giving you um, a piece of paper that actually it's endorsing you for who you are. You've already got that ability in you that all that's done is showing you how to harness that into a program and a structure. But the biggest qualification that you have is your life qualification, that there is no certification in this world that can recognize that enough. And the only way that you can you can channel that into a message now 
is doing what you're doing through Fears Advantage and what an amazing acronym. I love it, love it, love it. And everything that you do, because when you talk and you hold your workshops or work webinars, even the training programs, you know, and I've been involved in some of those, you know, what you're actually doing is you're pulling out the tools that people already possess and getting them to realize that. You're getting yes. them to realize that. You're putting that into a purpose. You know, you're getting them to see the dream, exercise their passion and realize their purpose. And that Absolutely. to me is unbelievable. And, you know, you've translated that now into a corporation setting. And I'm like, wow, this guy has really stumbled on a gold mine, not just in terms of money. This is in terms of a gold mine of source of information, inspiration, also getting people to hang on a minute, just stand back a little bit. You have got so many assets that you're sat on right now, which is your human resources. And if you only were to allow them to channel their skills and ability in the right way and recognize them, they just need that. And that's their fuel to get them to the next step. And by them getting to the next step, you're getting them to the next step. You're creating win-win situations. Nobody in their right mind can turn this away. You know, this is not just an investment of money. They've got to move away from that. This is an investment in the future. This is an investment in making sure that their businesses are sustainable, no matter what the economic environment, no matter what the um, global environment from a climate perspective, no matter. We've got to find systems that are foolproof. We know now because of this pandemic, the world has changed forever. It will never be the same again because habits have changed. Human habits only take 21 days. We've had <laughs> nearly a year, <laughs> nearly a year, you know, and and, and it's, we've got to see that. People have got to see that and change. So so now, you know, just tell us a little about the corporate side of stuff because you're, yeah. you've launched some amazing stuff. I'd love to hear about it. By the way, guys, whilst you're listening, we're going to be sticking all the details in the text below of this podcast so that you can click on these links. And I would urge you, if it's the last thing you do in life... <laughs> connect with Kemi because if you don't you're gonna miss out you're not gonna miss out (laughs) we could talk every day I'm like fired up for the day you know the so thank you for that reflection thank you for your your appreciation and also the 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 ability to magnify this conversation and you know when we so with fears advantage we're also using helping people to use their their fears to fuel this conversation around diversity equity and inclusion And, you know, when you, part of the reason my bio starts to talk about, you know, being a bigot, being raised as a homophobe and those things that when I start to think about what actually helped me to make those transitions, it's the same framework. And when we're in this time where people are being, you know, killed, people are being oppressed, people are being treated inequitably, this is a, a opportunity for me to challenge all my fears and say, I have to go deeper into this conversation. And I want to be able to bring the conversation in a way that gives people an opportunity to operate from right where they are. Yes. Right, to, so yeah. it's interesting when we, we kind of paused my story when I was there giving, when I got to University of Miami, but one of the things that was interesting is at that time learning about giving free hugs, for example, just like, like literally, hey, I'm gonna offer yeah. you a hug. And yeah. what was interesting is back then, not everybody wanted a hug. I had to figure out how to differentiate <laughs> kindness. How do I yes. differentiate? If I want to yeah. give something, how do I d- differentiate? And yeah. eventually it was like giving people the option of a hug, a high five, a smile, whatever it was. But those are the seeds for me of inclusion. Where yeah. it's like, I want to bring a conversation about diversity, equity, and inclusion to people all over the world to say, regardless of 
who you are, this affects you. And when we do this well, it benefits you. And so being able to help people, for example, reclaim privilege. This is a hot button conversation around the world right now where people are feeling like they, uh, they should have guilt for the privilege they have. And I'm saying, no, we have our privileges and we can actually yeah. use them to support other people. And, you know, one example I share with folks is when my family came out to Oregon for the very first time, I was living there for five years and I, I yeah. got used to driving up the mountains and being able. And so I took them there immediately. As soon as they came in, I was like, let's go up to this top yeah. of this mountain. We can see, you know, I feel like we're seeing the whole world at that point. As we're driving up the mountain, they're getting sick in the back of my car. And I realized, even though we all have the same blood, like I have motion sickness privilege. Yeah. Like I don't, I didn't get sick by the motion. And I traveled over 150 days last year. Yeah. There's no way I wanted to give up my motion sickness privilege. I wanted to be able <laughs> to, to, but in that moment, I realized that I could actually use my privilege to help. Yeah. So I asked them, what do you need from me right now? And they were mm-hmm. like, okay, first slow down. Or I was like, okay, <laughs> I like to drive fast. So I was like, all right, I'll okay. slow down, take yeah. the corners more easily. Being yeah. able to check in more often. There's a crazy wind about, let's stop for a moment, take a break. Eventually yeah. we were able to make it to the top of the mountain and they can enjoy this view that I knew was there for them. Yeah. And we got there in a way that was safe and, and supportive of them. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I say all that because when we're in this conversation around, especially in the corporate world and any, uh, any organization where people are stepping up as leaders, mm-hmm. how are we using our privilege to be of service to the people that are in our care? Yeah. And that includes our, our team, our customers, our client, the community that, that we're impacting. And so for me, it's a big deal. And, and I, can, I can see this conversation from multiple sides because of the many sides of the conversation yeah. I've been on as, birth, as both a, a perpetrator of, of exclusion and now a, a champion of inclusion, a champion of, of equity, and really a, someone who wants to support and celebrate diversity in this world. And so that's that's the empathy I bring to the conversation. That's the joy that I want to bring yeah, to the yeah. conversation because right. I want it to feel yeah. that we can keep making micro progressions on this path and taking it day by day. Because yeah. again, when people ask me about the big changes, I'm like, no, there's a lot of small changes recommitting every single day yeah. to who I wanted to become. And now I get to be a version of that. And I now yeah, I have yeah. a bigger dream. And oh, I just want amazing. people to, to feel that and, and yeah. to, to feel that, especially in their workplace that they're in every single day. Hundred percent, and I think you know what's really important as a as a corporation, organization, as a group, whatever whatever um, platform you're running, where there is a congregation of human beings and people, you know, it's always good to have a pair, a third pair of eyes coming in and doing a short analysis and having a look. Because I mean, when I used to go out to venues running my drinks business, you know, I'd go and do a free, no obligation site survey. Why did I do that? It cost me a lot of money to do it. But I did it because I needed to really understand my people's pain points. I needed to understand what it is that they needed me to help them with to solve. And once you dig into those and peel away those layers, you get into a root cause or whatever it is. And there are things that you you offer as part of your your normal kind of service, don't you, Kemi? You you kind of like do a similar thing. What kind of things are those? I mean, there is something yeah. that you offer. Um, tell people about that. Yeah, I appreciate that you talk about going in with an assessment. You know, like for me, we've been, yeah. I've been saying recently, what we don't assess, we will make a mess. Yeah. Right? If we don't assess, we'll make, especially when we're, when we're talking about, yeah. <laughs> when we're talking about <laughs> human beings and trying to unpack 
what's happening yeah. in their minds. If I just go in there and tell you, do this, do that, then yeah. it could actually be dangerous for you. And it's uh, for me, when one of the things that we, we know is that people are trying to have a lot of conversations right now. So we, we yeah. walk people through trainings, we do uh, assessments, we do coaching, yeah. you know, we even do uh, the, the full on helping people build out their, their processes and policies, right? But yeah. we, we say that a lot of this is starting at the ground level where people currently are. Like I'm all sure. about meeting people where they're at. And yeah. there's a lot of people who are now fired up about having these conversations, right? right? And so some of them have called us back and say, I tried to start the conversation with my company and it did Hi. not go well. And it's like, and, I, and we'll Hi. ask them, did you do a safety check? And they're like, what does that mean? And yeah. I was like, did you check in on how safe people actually feel before mm -hmm. starting the conversation? They're like, no, we said it's a safe space. I'm like, who decided it was a safe space? Yeah, I cannot yeah. tell you that you're safe. Like, I can't say, hey, you're being a you are safe. It's like, no, yeah. you have to tell me if you right. feel safe. That's and if not, it. let's work together to create that. Yeah. So we've been offering people our free safety check tool to help them do that because this, this process will allow them to just, it's a simple process, but if people, when, when done well, it will actually give people That's insights right. to what's going on. So that way they can tailor the conversation. Yeah. Right now, people are trying to go from zero to a thousand. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the same, yeah. there's like, there's the same people who exist, who are frustrated about, you know, life still exists before we even have these conversations about yes, racism right. or, or about yeah. politics or about privilege. So let's, let's build trust and safety and then we can continue to have those kind of conversations. Right. So that, yeah, well, we can yeah. offer everyone who's listening, regardless of what level of organization you're in, if you're trying to have these hard conversations, start with a safety check. And yes. you can get that as part of yeah. the, as part of listening to this episode, for sure. That's right. And the thing is, the smart thing is, don't wait for a travesty to happen before you take action. Be proactive. And mm -hmm. by doing that, you know, you're then making sure that you never get to that situation. You know, why did we have to wait for something like the pandemic, for example, to hit? And now businesses are being hit. Everybody's being hit across the globe. We're all being affected by it. But by a little bit more planning, a bit more preparation, a bit of, you know, talking to other people because you genuinely need to get to know your biggest commodity, your biggest assets, and those are your human resources. And, mm -hmm. you know, to, to do that, we're going to stick a click, link below for you to click on and just get that done. You know, that's that if anything, that's going to tell you exactly where you're at where your workforce is at and where you're heading, you know? And if you can do that, you know, whether you go on to use more services, you don't just, just use that as your tools to progress forward. You know, when we, when we have big agendas coming in, like the Black Lives Matters, Matters came in, for example, why do we have to wait for a death to occur before we do anything about it? Let's do it before that. You know, you guys can all relate to, God forbid, if you ever had a loved one that passed away and you think, I wish I'd have said this to them. Mm -hmm. I wish I'd have done this differently. Don't wait for it. Do it now. Do it do now. Do it right now. Man. Do it right this now, this minute, this second. And you need to click on these links and get connected with Kemi. If you can't get older, Kemi, get older me and I'll put you through to Kemi. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I definitely I mean, need to get this done. But oh I my God, Kemi, what we, we haven't had enough the time has just gone so quick today. You know, we're <laughs> running short. Can I say something on that oh, point though before we before we yeah, close yeah. up the the you know, I heard recently that as the, as our markets um, as our markets decrease, the value of our relationships increase. So I definitely yeah. want to to encourage people to do to really look at checking in with their people, regardless, like you said, regardless yeah. of how they use us, because we keep on only doing this when we're in trauma. 
Yes. We're only talking about that. You talk about like death. It's like, you know, when I realized as a teenager, I was constantly in trauma. Yeah. And what's interesting is when the brain goes trauma after trauma after trauma, after trauma I get locked in this fight yeah. or flight. Everything is super intense. And, yeah. and, and also the anxiety that we face goes up. So it reduces our empathy. Yeah. And one of the biggest best things that people can do is start to create the safe spaces That's where right. not only do we calm our, our our traumatized minds we can actually start to get some healing and reconnect yeah. with the relationships that allow us to move forward so if, even That's if you right. want the best out of your people yeah. strengthening the safety will strengthen the trust will strengthen the the performance you know the profits we're seeing this happen in organizations we're supporting right now so yeah either way thank you for for just promoting um, that message and encouraging people 100%. to do it right now yeah so that way they can yeah. start to to build the, the, the crisis proof levels of trust we need moving forward yep and 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 this is a really great way to define your ground rules to define your parameters define where you want to go where you don't want to go do it before travesty hits because when travesty hits you're paying a big fine and you'll never get that return on time. You'll never get that return on the investment you originally put in. So if you want to invest right now, save on the time that you're going to waste when it goes wrong to correct it, get it right to start with. You save yourself a lot of time and a lot of money. It's a smart thing to do. So Kemi, on that note, honestly, I have, I mean, this 40, 50 minutes has just gone by too quickly. Yeah. We'll have to have another cup of coffee soon because mm -hmm. I'd love to catch up more about you. But you know what? I cannot let you go without having a quick, rapid round question. Let's go. Oh, I'm excited. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's go with it. Number one, what's one trait you possess that you believe is what got you to where you are today? Ooh, uh, I think uh, seeing possibility where there seems like there's only obstacles. Oh, cool. Love it. Next one. What's the best thing you've learned from the transition in your life that you are passing on now? What have you learned mm. from the process of passing learning lessons on? Well, I think it's kind of what you said earlier, that life is always working for us. As hard as it is to see in the difficult moments, it is happening still. I will, I will continue to pass on that message. I wish I would have learned that yeah, sooner. So cool. it would have been less, less frustrating if I would have picked that up sooner. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Amazing. Next one. What's the hardest thing you've had to let go of? <sighs> anger. Um, or I should say let go of anger. Or I should say the, the want, the desire for revenge. I think yeah, that, yeah. you know, even if we look back at me being a teenager, I want a revenge from that drunk driver for sure. Yeah, sure. Just a revenge for the people who have kind of continued to hurt our world and letting yeah. go of that has been, uh, it's a practice <laughs> for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, cool. Next one. What's the one thing you are looking forward to in life right now? Oof, I think is everything that you teed up the idea of, of, making a difference like looking for like i said this is the 20 year anniversary of my dad passing so what is possible in the next 20 years if this is what i've done yeah. since then like what's even possible over the next 20 years so i'm looking forward to that oh cool and the final one what's the principle that you've learned this year or that you are currently trying to learn or test <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see i think it's that we can um uh that we can pivot and thrive 
Yes. That's uh, that's for sure that this year has been the word pivot has been over and over. (laughs) I think pivot and thrive that we can actually do this two together for sure. 100% and the ability to have influence more than needle moving in your life as well and more control. So, oh my goodness, Kemi, what a journey. I'm so proud of you as my friend. I hope I get to meet you one day. You yeah. know, let's, and I'm going to end it on the one, two words that I love of Kemi. Let's celebrate and rise. Yes. Woo! Yes. <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much, Kemi. And I Thank will you. look forward to seeing you again, hopefully this week. And uh, you have a great day. And bless you. Take care. Bless you too. Thank All you right. so much. <laughs> Bye-bye. This is Unheard Voices. Be no life.